0: Just a heads up, today's podcast content is not suitable for little ears, so just be aware when you're listening. You might want to listen when you're in the bath or on your walk, just not in front of your kids. Hope you enjoy it today. Hey, it's Leah, and welcome to the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. You guys, it is February. I cannot believe it is already February, and I'm super excited for today's podcast because we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people don't talk about. <laughs> I think sometimes it can be taboo or uncomfortable, and I am so thankful to be here with one of my closest friends today. Her name is Janae, and this is going to be a very organic conversation. We were saying just before that we haven't really dove into this topic together. Um, And so I'm excited to cover this. But why we wanted to talk about this now is that typically, at least in my homeschool for the last five years now, six years, February gets a little dark, (laughs) dark, literally. It's usually in Texas where we have that one horrible ice storm (laughs) that we've had. It's fun for the first day and then you're over it. Um, So you're not outside as much. And then also like things just start to slump in your homeschool and um, maybe slump in your personal life. And so Janae and I want to talk today a little bit about how you navigate life during mental health crises, whether it's small or big or something you've never experienced before. We kind of want to talk about it all. So before we get started, Janae, can you tell everyone a little bit about you?
1: Yes. So Thank you, first of all, for having this platform for us to talk about this stuff. Um, I have a big passion for homeschoolers and homeschooling moms. Um, but about me, so I'm married to my high school sweetheart. Um, we've been married. Oh, I should have figured this out 17 years, something like that. Um, we have two girls. I have Avery who's nine and Marlo who's 10. Um, our homeschooling journey has been a kind of interesting. So when I was first pregnant with Marlo, God put it on my heart that I was supposed to homeschool and, um, we did all the things that I thought I was supposed to do in preschool. And it honestly became too overwhelming for me. And I said, okay, maybe this isn't the direction God's supposed to take me. Um, and so we put our kids in school. And then when Marlo was halfway through kindergarten, God really tugged on my heart and said, nope, you're supposed to homeschool. And so we pulled our girls out. We've been homeschooling ever since.
0: And Janae will be back on another episode. She's super passionate about theater and her whole family is involved, which is really fun. Her husband does sound and Janae acts and sings and her girls do. So we'll have another episode on that because she's played a direct impact on my kids and their passion for acting and singing as well. Um, Okay, so let's let's dive right in, Janae, and let's let's kind of share some examples of when we've experienced, I don't even know how to label it, like just when things have been a little bit rough personally. And I'm gonna, Janae's giving me permission to be vulnerable. I'm giving you permission to be vulnerable. Um, so if I were to go over my homeschool journey, I would say the first round was probably with Kennedy when I had postpartum depression. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. Um, I had really raised myself in an environment of fake it till you make it. So when you don't, when you did, I I hate that I ever gave anyone that advice, but I remember just like, tough it out, figure, you know, tough it out. It will be okay. And having that mindset. And so not being able to identify that I was really not okay. Um, and feeling, I mean, I remember waking up in the middle of the night crying, just looking at my husband and saying, you need a different wife. Like I am not a good mother. I'm not a good wife. And it's so sad to think about that now that that's how dark of a place that I was. Um, but that was my reality. And I just, I didn't understand about chemical imbalances. And I think society's done a better job educating moms than maybe, what was that? Seven years ago, it's getting better. But I still think you, you hear it happening to other people, but when you're in it, it's really hard to identify. So I would say that was probably my first round. Um, my second round was definitely everything with COVID. I think COVID took me out a lot more than I was willing to admit, to have things that were normal ripped from you to see. I think the hardest thing for me, Janae, was close friends just politically, the vaccine debate, like everyone's so divided where that was never an issue before. Like if you voted for person A and I voted for person B, we were still friends and that was cool. And then all of a sudden it became, if you vote for this person, (laughs) you're a terrible person or whatever. And, and I remember just losing friendships and mourning that. And, um, it was really, really traumatic. And, um, and I think also having those dreams at that time for my family and things that we wanted to do that we weren't able to do lots of things that had to get canceled. And you and I talk about this all the time, how like we're blinking and our kids are growing up. So I would say that, that. Like there were people that really thrived during COVID. I did not. (laughs) There were gifts. You were one of my gifts from COVID. So there was definitely gifts and stuff, but that was, I think that that's when I started pulling back a lot of layers of what was going on internally. And I'll talk about that more in a little bit, but I would say that those are the two that really stand out for me.
1: Okay. So if I'm being completely honest with myself, and I probably didn't realize this until, I don't know, five to seven years ago. I've probably struggled with some form of depression or anxiety more on the anxiety side from childhood, um, different stuff, you know, just from my childhood that has carried with me, but I really started to notice, okay, something is up when Marlo was about six months old or so. And that's when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. Um, and my husband actually noticed it first. I knew something was wrong, but I didn't know what it was. And it was, you know, that mindset of just get through it. Exactly what you said, like fake it till you make it. And my husband was like, no, I think something else is going on. I think you need to seek help. And so I did. I went to my doctor, got on medicine. Well, then I became pregnant with Avery. Um, goodness, four months later or so. Because they're
0: close in age. They're very close. So they're 16
1: bad. months apart. Yeah. So stop the medicine, but you know, my hormones did different things. And so I felt great again. Um, But knowing that I had a history now, my doctor started me like on a low dose, I think when I hit 36 weeks, just so that way I didn't have this bottom out. We were going to try and keep me more stable. So I had Avery. I expected, okay, everything's going to be great because I'm on this medicine. And I have never felt the way that I felt then. Um, That was literally one of the lowest points in my life. I was never suicidal in in the sense of planning it out. But constantly through my mind was my family would be so much better off if I wasn't here whatever that meant. Right. Um, I look back at pictures of myself because Avery was a December baby. And so pictures of Christmas that year, and I just have this blank look, I did not want to be there. Um, there were days where my husband was afraid to go to work because I could not get out of bed. And I had two babies that were relying on me and, um, it was definitely hard. And so, um, And when you're that deep down into it, even though I had experienced this with Marlo, it was like, I'm on the medicine. Clearly it's not working. So there's no hope is what I felt. Now looking back, I went back to my doctor. She put me on something else that didn't work. And I just had to keep going back and asking for help. But it took a lot for me to realize like, Again, my husband bless his heart, was like, "This is not working. We need to figure this out." Um so that was probably that period of two years with my two girls being born was probably, you know, my lowest. um and then it's reared its head with other stuff, but that's probably been my biggest, yeah, time. So I think
0: a couple things I was thinking, like when you talked about having that just kind of blank stare. I, I remember having a year feeling like that where I like literally blinked and I'm like, I don't even know what I do with my kids this year. Like I don't even know. And yeah. I think it's really easy to let guilt start yeah. creeping up of like, oh my gosh, that's a year I can never get back. And so I just want to also encourage you if you're listening and that's you, like we get better from experience and, and everything you're going through, I really believe this is for a reason and a lesson. Um, and so that's one thing that I really have to check with myself when I'm going through hard times is not like, why is this happening to me? Or, you know, wh- why me, why me I'm falling to that victim, but more so what am I supposed to learn here? Mm-hmm. And what is my body trying to tell me? So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is during, um, during COVID, I, I had got started getting really bad anxiety. I mean, it was just, it was a lot, it was a lot of pressure in my career. It was a lot of pressure. So we went from being in person to hundred percent virtual, and um, it was just a lot. And so I was having severe anxiety, which I was not used to. And so I remember calling my doctor and it was a five-minute appointment and he just slapped some pills in a prescription. And um, and I want to preface this by saying that neither Janae or I are anti-medicine at all. We believe that there is a, a place for it and there's a need for it. But we also jointly believe that a lot of times it is manipulated and it can be where you're not getting to the root of what's really happening. And so I want to encourage you to find a balance. And so I want to share my experience with that. Um so th- he put me on this, I guess it was an antidepressant slash anxiety medication, and I just felt numb. And I think some people respond to it really well. I had no feeling. Like I went from like my my daughter's love language is physical touch. Like I would feel that connection with her. I did not feel that when she would come and hug me. So I didn't like how it made me feel. So you're at this crossroads of like, okay, well, I can stop this, but now what? I don't want to keep feeling those feelings of anxiety. And so that's when I got myself into therapy. And I really want to encourage those of you listening. I feel like everyone should have a therapist personally. (laughs) I think if I could make everyone (laughs) go to therapy, because we all have stuff. We all have stuff from our childhood. We all have stuff um, that we don't that we don't deal with. And I think for me, this anxiety was not just COVID. I think it was years of burying things because I had that mindset of just keep going, just keep swimming. And, um, instead of really stopping and asking myself, why, why do I feel this way? Why, why am I responding to this in the way that I'm responding to it? So that kind of began my quest of getting better, like working on me. Mm -hmm. And it's been a very slow process. We are still in process. Um, but I also would say, so therapy, um, something for me, some people call it like body scanning, which sounds like really woo woo. But basically when I start to feel that anxiety, I really try to stop myself and be mindful and ask myself, where is this coming from right now? And then why is that scaring me? Or why is my body feeling this way? Where in my body am I feeling this? And by being aware of it, it almost diminishes it for me where before I would just go get busy with the next thing. I have the tendency to get busy with things. Um, So I think that was very helpful, but I want to transition. So let's, let's kind of talk about that. I know we're kind of, I have written down when medication maybe isn't an option. And again, I want to say that you guys, sometimes medication is necessary. Um, I grew up with a mom who was clinically depressed. Medication literally prevented her from committing suicide. So I need you to know, like, hear me loud and clear, but I also think that there's a time and a place where you need to explore and look at other options. So let's talk about, cause Janae and I have, we've done everything. We've done everything.
1: <laughs> so yes, just to piggyback off what you said, I'm actually still on medication. So I am pro medication if that's what's good for you.
0: And it's working for you. And
1: it's working yes. for me. I'm um, so when all of that was happening with my second Um, if I had not been put on medication, I honestly do not know where I would be at this point. So let me just say that, like it rescued me and that's what I needed in that moment. Once I could kind of undig and figure out, okay, what's happening. A lot of it was chemical Mm -hmm. imbalance, but a lot of it was just the stuff in my life that I was having to deal with. Um, so yeah, I am on a low dose and I honestly, if I am on that for the rest of my life, then that is totally fine. Um, if I need to up it at some point, that's fine. If I can get off of it, it's fine. Um, but I am a huge believer in trying to figure out what is going on. Where are these feelings coming from? For me, a lot of it was self-worth. You know, I came from, I was very successful in my career. Um, and I wanted to be a mom. God put it on my heart to be a stay at home mom. I knew that, but why am I feeling all these things? Why am I feeling like I'm just a nanny? I'm just a maid. I'm just here to cook dinner. Why am I feeling these things? And so it has taken me literally like the last 10 years to really dive deep and figure out, okay, why do I feel this? You know, and I think a lot of it is so much pressure is put on moms these days to do it all. You can have the career and you can have the family, and,
0: and in Pinterest doesn't help. Right? No, absolutely.
1: It doesn't help. Absolutely. And, you know, I have friends who have their career and they're fantastic moms but I know that's not what God called me to do. Yeah. I know he called me to be a stay at home mom. He called me to homeschool my children and you can have a full career. I mean, yeah. Leah does it yeah. right. And homeschools. And, um, that's not in the cards for me though. That is too much for me. And so once I was able to peel back those layers and figure out, okay, why am I feeling this? And how do I get myself out of that mindset? How do I figure out I am good enough? Mm-hmm. Um, um, And it can come from outside sources. It's nice when my husband says you're doing a great job. It's nice when my friends say, you know, I admire that you do this well, but until I could actually believe that truly believe that about myself, I was still going to be stuck in that same rut. Um, and I know, um, you know, I, I've never done therapy, um, it's been recommended and I just haven't. And that's just something I have to figure out for me, but I know for you, that's been really helpful. So I don't know if you want to talk anymore on that or <laughs> well, for your birthday this year,
0: I got you a gift to get to a therapist. So. Um, and you know, when you're talking about that, I'm not enough. I had this aha this year. Um, and it was from, I don't know if you've heard of Allie B. Stuckey, but she wrote a book. I'm going to butcher the title, but basically, oh, I think it's called You're Not Enough and That's Okay. And it talks about how none of us are enough and that's why we need God. Mm-hmm. Like That's that's the whole thing is that he he never would allow us to be enough because then there would be no need to rely on him, mm-hmm. which I think is a really powerful concept. And when you can lean into that, I'm never going to be, it's almost like you just threw out a whole bag of weights. Like, okay, I'm never going to be enough because I need God. Like I literally cannot get through this day without God helping me. Yeah. And, and so I love that. I love that concept. So let's talk about some tangible tools. So, cause really Janae and I have, we have done a lot of research and I would say for the last two years, this has been a deep dive for me trying to figure out how do I really rein in on these feelings. And I think for me, my purpose comes from my my mom having dealt with a lot of depression. she really checked out and um ah, that's gonna make me cry, but it was it was really hard. she was absent a lot. This is like we're gonna cry now, okay, but um she was she was absent a lot because her depression it it won it won, and so I think there is this thing inside of me where I don't want to bury it because. I don't think that's healthy, um, but I also don't want my babies to have the same experience. And so, um, so a couple of things, let me give you guys tangible things. One is I think supplements are super important, like figuring out, go get a test and see what your body is deficient in. Like, I remember I was convinced last year, Janae remembers remember me telling her this, I was like going to go get my hormones tested. And I'm like, this is why I can't lose weight. My hormones are all out of balance. I just know it. And the lady was like, your hormones are fine. Everything's good. They're actually really like the perfect range for your age. The problem was my cortisol. She's like, Leah, your cortisol is through the roof. No wonder you can't lose weight. You are so stressed out. And um, the the solution to stress is rest, which is a very hard concept for me. Um, but that's when I started incorporating walks. And so I do walk almost an hour every day on our hilly countryside. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Um, so I would say getting outside would be the first thing is really checking and asking yourself, like, how much am I outside? Because that makes a huge difference. Um, once springtime hits, I have an app on my phone called uh, D-Minder, D is in dog, D-Minder. And you turn it on when you go outside and it connects to your Apple Watch too, but it uh, measures your vitamin D levels that you're getting. So it's based on longitude and latitude. So it connects to like weather apps and it will actually tell you how much vitamin D your body is getting. And so I'm also, I have noticed a huge difference. I really tracked that this year, like as a metric. And I've noticed that it's carried me through the winter. Like my levels, my um, energy level, my, um, I, I'm not feeling as low. Like I'm definitely one of those seasonal depression people. Like when it's dark, I'm like- <laughs> It's exciting when you put the Christmas decorations up and then it's, I'm over it. Um, And so having more exposure to vitamin D this year has been huge. And even just supplementing. So like during the winter, I will up my vitamin D consumption. I really think that makes a difference. Um, The other supplement that's been awesome for me is lion's mane. Um, It's a, it's a type of mushroom and you can get, I get mine from, um, Fungi.com. It's like a, it's a company out of Washington. Um, but lion's mane is connected to your cognitive function. And so since I remember the first week I was taking it, I just felt like super creative, like all these things were going off in my brain, and I was just feeling super creative. So that was another resources resource as well. Obviously, water, obviously lowering sugar intake, which we're still working on. Um, but all of those things I would think. And then, like I mentioned before when I start feeling anxiety, not to get distracted. So not to just go eat that cookie or go watch Netflix and try to check out, but to really stop myself and say, why are we feeling this way? Like, where is this coming from? And just creating this self-awareness has been huge because I am a barrier. I will just bury it and get distracted by something else. Um, And I have a hard time. I don't know if you've ever tried doing this, but I have a hard time sitting still with nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I've also tried to do that at least 10 minutes a day. It feels like torture because we're, I mean, we're used to scrolling on our phones or like really pay attention to yourself today. Like when you're going about your day, pay attention to when you are alone with nothing. It is very rare. It's very rare. You're usually looking at an app or you're outside, you're on your phone or with your kids or with your, but just try going outside, setting a timer for 10 minutes with your phone far away from you and just sitting. It's terrifying. (laughs) Terrifying. But it works. It works. Um, and then I would say the last thing too, and this is something over the last two years that Cody and I have done, we're very introverted. And I think COVID really made us realize how important connection is. So I feel like this past year we have really made a conscious effort to do more things with people that we love on a on a deep connecting, connecting level. Um, and so whether that's doing stuff with our small group through church, doing more things through church but not hiding. I think we did a good job of hiding behind that label. Oh, we're introverts, so we can't come. <laughs> Just realizing that we weren't made that way. Like we're made to connect with people. So anyway, what are some things? Oh, and then my light lamp. That's the last thing I wrote down. I'm. Do you know about my light lamp? if we talked no, about this? No. Okay. We're going to get you a therapy appointment. We're going to get you a light <laughs> lamp. Um, No, my light lamp. And I will link this in the show notes, but this has made a huge difference. I have this little box and it um, basically has artificial sunlight, but it's not bad for you. It's through a science company. I'm going to forget the name of it. I'll put the link in the show notes, but um, it's this little box. And so during the winter for 30 minutes in the morning, I sit in front of it and I also rotate it during our homeschool for each of the kids. Mm -hmm. You will notice a mood improvement in front of everybody. And my kids love it. When you first turn it on, you feel like, like, I don't know, Jesus is coming back or (laughs) something all this light it's all this light but um but now my body craves it and so I'll sit there with my breakfast or with my devotional and have my little light box on for 30 minutes but it basically um helps set your circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. for because the winter it's it's all messed up so that would be the other thing that's really really helped significantly
1: yeah I just I want to um say how important uh what am I trying to say? A group is a support system. Yes, that's the word I'm looking system. for. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's huge. And and I know it can be hard. Like if you've moved to a new area or if you're introverted, like Leah and Cody are and I am. Um, it's hard and it's hard as adults to put yourself out there. Um, you know, but that's why I feel like. Just getting involved in whatever you can is so important. And it's important for your kids too. You know, it's important for them to see you have healthy relationships and friendships. It's important for them to have healthy friendships. Um, So yeah, a support system is so important, whether that comes from church or co-ops or sports teams or, you know, wherever. Um, Yeah, that's huge. That's huge.
0: Okay, so let's transition a little bit. Okay, so we talked about some things you can do and moving your body. I can't stress that enough. I, and I'm not, at this point of the podcast, y'all, I'm not a fitness model. <laughs> Maybe in a year I will be, um, but I'm not now. So, but just the walking, going for a walk, getting outside, it makes a huge difference. Um, I also want to say, Janae, too, when you talk about community, you're a really great friend. Like, I've learned a lot about being a friend, how you are a friend to me. Like, even this morning, I think Janae's first text message to me was like, are you okay? (laughs) How are you doing today? It was the first text because I really did. Um, I had a bad day yesterday. I had a bad day and, um, and I'm so, yeah, how are you doing today? And I sent you a gif or a gif, whatever we call it, but, um, but I think that having good friends that will check in on you is important, but be that friend, be that friend that, that you want to have. I feel like hopefully I do the same yes, for you, you which is good. So I like that. There's that, there's that balance in our relationship. Okay. So let's talk about, oh, we didn't talk about periods. So, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. So our husbands are listening. You guys can shut it off at this point. Um, this is a hard one for me. And I'm still, I am still working on this. You guys, like I'm looking into different diets and supplements, but I call it day double zero. And now I feel like it's the first four days before my period are real rough. Like I'm fine with the cramps. I can power through cramps, but my mood, Mm -hmm. I get really bad anxiety. I get very short tempered. I get very snappy. Mm -hmm. Um, and everything sucks. (laughs) So, um, so that's hard for me. So, I mean, I'll let Janae speak to this, but I think for me, um, learning to take a day off if I need to, like, I have had some days where I'm like, okay, guys, we're watching a documentary and mom's going in a room for two hours and I'm going to go take a bath. Um, I think just surrendering to it sometimes is okay. Um, I'd rather do that than snap at my kids and regret it later. I also think being honest, um, my kids know they've heard the word period Lincoln, my 10 year old thinks it just means that mom needs chocolate today. That's what my husband told him. Like, do you know what a period is Lincoln? And he said, that's when you need chocolate. Right. And I'm like, yes, that's when I need chocolate. Um, but you know, so they, they, they just, they know something's up once a month, but, um, but at the same time though, you guys, I am on this mission to figure it out. Cause I don't want my daughters to go through this. Like I get yeah. really bad PMS. I haven't ever been tested for PMD, PMDD, but I'm kind of wondering if I, because it does get so rough um, where it will take me out. So if you're listening and there's something I haven't thought of, email me, let me, I will try it, but dietary things. So I think for me, it's just surrendering a little bit to it. And then also just really keeping in perspective that it's a bad day. It's not a bad life. Um, And I will get through it, but just to take that time to rest and do what my body needs me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's another reason why I'm an advocate for homeschooling year round. And I don't feel that guilt of taking a day off because I know we'll just, we'll trudge forward the next day and school is everywhere. So you can do a documentary, you can do, um, put on an audio book while they do independent work. Like, don't feel like you have to go to the strict schedule because everyone's going to be miserable because you're miserable. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is your period strategy? (laughs)
1: So um, something, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, I'm almost 40 and I'm just now learning to like actually track my cycles. Okay. Um, but tracking has made yes. a huge difference for me because I can go, okay, I'm starting to feel off. Let me pull up, yes. you know, at least on the iPhone, you can go mm-hmm. into your calendar and um, search. And I just, the day that I start mm-hmm. my period, I put that in there. And so I can say, okay, my period's coming in about five days. This is why I'm feeling like that. Um, And yeah, being totally like just honest, you know, my girls are nine and 10. So we're getting close to that age. So they're aware of what a period is. Um, And so sometimes I have to be honest, like, hey, mom does not feel good today. So while I said we're going to do X, Y, and Z, we're going to pivot a little bit. And instead, we're just going to do, we're just going to work on math today because that's what we need to do. Um, You know, we homeschool year round too. And Mm -hmm. so it's the same thing. Like I feel good about, okay, we didn't get everything done today, but that's okay. There's tomorrow or the next day. Um, But I know some people don't have that luxury of homeschooling year round, or it doesn't work for your family. Um, You know, but there's days where we may double up on a subject, you know, we want to get through by this day. And so sometimes we have to double up. So that's always an option. Um, But yeah, for me, it's tracking. So I know mm-hmm. what's coming. If I can anticipate it, I feel like I take it a little bit better because it's not such a shock to me. Right. Like I'm exactly, I'm prepared for it. Um, and then, yeah, just being open and honest about yeah. it. Um, those are my big two. Yeah.
0: Okay. I really like what you said about, so I have an app and I track it. Um, and I also like the app because it will even tell you like when you're ovulating, cause you do have spiked hormones when you're ovulating, And so, but I like the idea of like, if I track this, then if my period's happening on a Tuesday through a Thursday, then maybe we homeschool on the weekend. And just like, if you know that it's just a bad, whatever, then just scrap it. Like why even try to put yourself in that and your kids in that misery. So I think that that's really good. And um, this too shall pass. (laughs) And the good news is when you hang out with, your girlfriends, then when your daughters, like you'll all end up on the same cycle. So I feel like we're all in the same cycle at the same time. <laughs> so we're going through it together. We're all eating chocolate at the same time. Right. Okay. Um, so, but let's also talk about like, if you are going through a season of depression or anxiety, or you're experiencing some mental health shifts, um, how, how do we navigate this with our children? I mean, cause they still they still need school and they mm-hmm. still need to eat and so
1: how do we navigate that yeah yeah okay so my number one and i always say this um ask for help ask for help and it comes back to that community thing um you know if i'm just having a bad day like we said we can you know we can shift and maybe do less or none and push it to another day. If I'm having a bad season, that's not always realistic. And so as somebody who has dealt with um, you know, mental health issues in the past, um, I've kind of mentally prepared myself, like, okay, what if this hits again? Like, what do I do? My kids were younger and so it wasn't, it was, I guess, easier um, school-wise um, but now it's not as easy because there are just, there's more to do and more to learn. Um, and so that's where you rely on your community, whether that's my husband. I mean, you know, he, he can take part of it. Um, you can have friends that can step in, um, or, I mean, there's online resources. We don't use any, I mean, we're completely, we, we homeschool through books, but those are resources and i have friends who use them and their kids are very successful yeah. with them so there are other options um but my biggest thing and this is what i will say until the day that i die ask for help yeah um i i have seen both sides of what depression can do and what i mean by that is you know, I've been down low. And like I said, not thinking that I'm worthy of being here anymore. And I've also seen the other side where, um, I, my husband and I found our friend who had attempted, she was not successful. Um, and it was through medication. And so, while I'm not downplaying anything, it's not as traumatic as somebody who uses other methods, but I say this because I have seen what that does to the person. I will never get that look on her face out of my head as long as I live. So I know what it did to me. Um, but I know what it did to her family. Um, and so ask for help ask for help ask for help i will say it over and over and over again there is always somebody who is willing to listen if you feel like you are completely alone reach out to a doctor a therapist um you could walk into a local church and speak to a pastor and they're going to sit there and listen to you and help um you know there are hotlines that you can call if you're feeling down um just ask for help that's that's my big like I said I'll say it until the day I die and I say it you know through social media I'll post every once in a while because I have I've seen I know how it feels to be that person who is terrified of what they're going to walk in on
0: what's so crazy to me Janae is like
1: at the end of the day like we love
0: helping like Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I'm able to do something for you selfishly, it gives me a dopamine hit of like, yes, I did something good for her. I made like Janae showed up tonight and she had this sweet gift. And I mean, you could see that she felt good by the look on my face because I loved it. And so it's interesting to me how we know that helping feels good, but as women, we have a really difficult time mm-hmm. asking for help. The season that my family has walked through, I have asked myself that question a lot. Like, you are struggling. Why is it hard for you? Is I think sometimes I think I'm inconveniencing someone. And obviously, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, I'm not at a suicidal place, but just, it's a little extra hard right now. And I know that there are people willing to help, but in my mind, I get this barrier of, and I'm trying, I'm literally asking myself, like, what is causing this? Is it that I, I don't want to inconvenience people? Is it that I don't want to appear to be weak? Mm -hmm. That be it. Like, so, what do you what do you think is the reason why we have such a hard time asking for help as women?
1: Yeah, I th- I think a lot of it is pride. I mean, I know at least that's where I struggle with it. You yeah. know, um I want to look like I'm all put together. Right. You know, I mean, and as funny as this sounds, like in different communities it's different, but there are some communities where it's very Stepford Wifeish, mm-hmm. and like you have to be perfect all the time you have to have a Pinterest ready house and everything has to be perfect. And that's just not real life. Yeah. Um, but I do definitely feel like our pride gets in the way a lot and and it's hard to ask for mm-hmm. help. Um, and I'm a big people pleaser. And mm-hmm. so the inconveniencing thing is huge. Um, I just, you know, Oh, you know, if I were to say I need help from Leah, I would have all these things run through my head. Well, she has X, Y, and Z going right. on in her life right now she doesn't have time to worry about me too. I'm going to figure it out on my own. But that's how we kind of fall into this pitfall of feeling alone.
0: (laughs) And then Leah gets mad because I'm like, you should have asked me for help. I would have helped you. Yeah. Okay. So I also think how we can combat that too, is that when we know that a friend is going through a hard time offering things, so I'm already thinking like, we do a lot of stuff, family style, like curriculum wise. Mm-hmm. So I can reach out to my homeschool girlfriends and say, Hey, you guys, my family's starting a unit study on Texas. Is that anything your kids would be interested in? And we could do it like every Thursday, you can drop them off at my house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe Janae is really struggling at home. And so instead of having to say something, she can be like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And that's one less thing I have to worry about. Yeah. Um. So maybe also looking at, okay, what, what, am, what do I have available right now that I can offer my girlfriends, um, in my circle and just making that available, I think would be an idea. And then I think just from this conversation, I'm just really realizing you have to kind of, you have to take a chance on yourself and you have to rely on the other person to have good boundaries. And I also think sometimes to the people that are most afraid of, like when we're afraid of inconveniencing someone, you're probably the last person that's inconveniencing someone, you know, if that's a thought on your radar, you're probably not, you're not like being overbearing on your friends. So I would encourage you to like, get rid of that thought. But I like that. I like relying on your community. And also, you know, the other thing too, is this is how our grandparents did it. Mm. Like this is, I kind of love that the world is shifting back this way. But before we had social media, before we had all the comparison and all the whatever, before we had the instant communication of text messaging, even phone calls, like you relied on the community around mm. you, you relied on them and that's wow. how you lived and you survived. Um, and so I do like that the world's starting to see that and that community is is important. Um, I also would think too, you guys, just when I'm thinking, having honest conversations with your kids that are obviously age appropriate. Um, you know, as our family has walked through this last season of my grandmother having terminal cancer, y'all know that she lives with us. And um, I've had to really challenge myself to have honest conversations with my 10-year-old. Um the other day I had kind of, I was talking to my husband and I just kind of snapped because I was just, I'm exhausted from being her caregiver. And I had to kind of walk myself back around to him and say, I should not have snapped and I need to apologize. I'm really frustrated and I'm learning how to manage my emotions better in this, but at the end of the day, I shouldn't have behaved in that way. Um, And so I'm trying to see these as like teachable moments. And so if you lose your temper, if you have a bad PMS day, you know, just saying, mom needs to learn how to manage this better yeah. and I'm gonna figure it out. And I think that's the most powerful thing too, is like when I look back on my mom and my mom has passed, but and I say this in like the least non-judgmental way that I possibly can, but I wish she would have had the mindset of I will figure this out. Mm-hmm. I don't have it figured out right now. And it's okay that I don't have it figured out right now, but I will have the determination to figure this out for my family and for me. Um, and so I would just encourage you, if you're in that season, know that it will pass and you will figure it out, but sitting still, isn't going to do it either. Like one of my favorite quotes by Albert Einstein, he says, balance, you have to keep moving. Hmm. And so if you are dealing with depression or anxiety, sitting and watching Netflix all day is not going to serve you. It might be necessary for a week. Like <laughs> You might need you might just need that. But if you find yourself that this is a pattern, you've got to get up and do something. Yeah. And whether if that's going to the doctor, exercising, starting some new supplements, talking to someone, but I think that's how we serve our kids. And I think that's the biggest lesson is that they see us overcoming something that was really hard. Yeah. And then when they're adults, they can look back and remember, okay, my mom
1: overcame that. Yeah. And I think that that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. I was just going to say, I think when our kids see us be real, because, you know, our parents, they held it all together. As far as we were yeah. concerned, we never saw them be authentic, yeah. Um, or at least in my circumstance, you know, mm-hmm. my parents were just, they just held it together and we never got to see them as real people. And I think that's where our generation has just stuffed things because we didn't learn how to deal with things. We didn't learn that it's normal for mom to not be okay, but you know what? She's going to be okay. Um, I think we're doing our kids a great service if we are real with them at an age-appropriate level. But if we're real with them and they can see like, okay, life gets hard sometimes, but we're going to make it through. I think what you're doing with your grandmother and your kids seeing that, my goodness, what an amazing lesson that, you know, they're learning about grace and patience and how to love other people. Um, Yeah. It's just, I think I'm very interested to see our kids as adults and how they're different from our generation just because of the way that, that we were parented versus the way that we parent now.
0: Yeah. And I think the most fundamental thing when it comes to our kids, like the number one priority is that they feel safe. Mm. They feel safe. Like when I look back from all my cred that I've had to deal with, it stems from not feeling safe. Yeah. Yeah, It stems from not feeling safe. And so, um, I have even. I found myself like when I am just not in a good state to just hug my child for, you know, 15, 20 seconds and literally say the words, this is always a safe place. Mm -hmm. This is always a place of love. This is your, you're so loved. And just really that reassuring because I didn't, I didn't have that as a little girl. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that we struggle with are from things that we lacked in our childhood. Mm -hmm. Like I really believe that as I'm uprooting things, And I think a lot of my anxiety was, I was not in a safe environment. And, um, and so I think that that is most important. You can cry, you can lose it, but you have to assure your kids and also obviously make that their reality, that it is safe, that they are in a safe place and that they are safe because children, they, they need that. They need to have that protection. So this was a great conversation. (laughs) Um, I feel like we just like, we need to do like a meditation breath or something. Afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. Deep breath in, deep breath out. I mean, if we were to, if we were to leave you, so again, we're coming into February, which traditionally traditionally can be hard. And I think also just having the the logic to know that a lot of it is the weather, a lot of it is because we don't have as much sun. When I can be logical like that, it helps me kind of reckon with how I'm feeling yeah. like you were saying about your period, like knowing that it's coming, you can mm-hmm. be like, okay, logically this makes sense. Yeah. Um and then also I want you to know too, that getting help doesn't need to cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So you might be like, that sounds great. A therapist, but I don't have money for that. Please know that there are so many resources online, but let them be good recommended resources. <laughs> so don't just start going and Googling. Um, you know, I always say like, you can't, I wouldn't train from a marathon from someone eating a bag of potato chips on the couch, you know, I would learn how to run a marathon. And, um, so many people are quick to label themselves as coaches That's like one of my biggest hangups over the last couple of years is you can just, I could be coach Leah tomorrow and tell you I'm a professional and that can be really dangerous. And so if I were you, I would go to trusted sources, go to a friend who's come out of a dark season and say, Hey, what were some podcasts that really helped you? Mm -hmm. Um, What were some things that you listened to? Like off the top of my head, I love the Mel Robbins podcast. She helps me with a lot of head stuff. Um I love The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. He has a lot of great speakers on there. So talk to a trusted friend who's going to give you a good source versus like googling and all of a sudden you've paid $9,000 for a seminar and <laughs> you know you're off to see a shaman in India or something. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Um but what what else would we what would we leave them with, Janae, as we close? Like what what last piece of advice would you give someone?
1: I would just say give yourself grace
0: and we just want to say there's fireworks
1: going (laughs) on right now
0: if you hear that in the background (laughs) that's definite probably by our husbands I
1: think they're saying fireworks anyway anyways Anyways. (laughs) give yourself grace um know that this season will pass um I think giving, you know, we give people, other people grace all the time. Why can't we bestow it upon ourselves? So give yourself grace, Um, reach out for help, like I said. Um, But no, February is hard. And it's so funny because I think I'm in my fifth year homeschooling. I should probably know that. Um, And I've always known in the back of my head, February was hard, but until you said something like last year, maybe I was like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. It is. Yeah. So just know it's going to pass. The weather will get better. You can get outside more. Um, but yeah, just give yourself grace.
0: Yeah. Just say to really start listening to your body. I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but I really feel like mindfulness and um, and self-awareness is really important. So again, just stopping yourself and like, where is the sadness coming from? What triggered this? Um, like for me, it's even content that I consume. Mm. Like I realize Cute. I cannot watch like shows that have to do with children getting hurt. Um, I can't do like things with rape in them. I can't, and and some people can totally like handle that. I, it sends me into like a spiral. Um, So there are things that trigger me. So know what triggers you and pay attention, pay attention. Like what, what did I eat? What did I watch? What did I read? Who did I talk to? Maybe it's someone, maybe it's someone in your life that literally, when you are around them, it is like a trigger response to a certain behavior. Um, so I think just questioning a lot instead of just, it will be fine. Just keep swimming. It will be fine. Um, just really pay attention to that. Well, the fireworks are still going. <laughs> <laughs> Dear husbands. I love how we told them we were going to record a podcast and they thought it was a great idea to shoot off fireworks. So anyway, um, thank you for, for being with us. And, um, I just want to remind you too, that, um, you know, if, if you are feeling low, please call someone, please call a friend, please reach out to someone. There are hotlines there are so many different resources. And, um, we hope that you have a great February and this too, this too shall pass. Thanks for coming on Janae. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye.